the Jeep Talk Show. Now, two episodes a week. What? Two episodes? Okay. Yes, that's right. Two. Are you excited? I'm always excited when it comes out on Friday. It's actually a go-to podcast that I can actually listen to while I'm getting over to work or on my way home. New episodes every Friday and early Monday morning and time for your commute. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, as we like to say, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. So, uh, the, I'm the only one here. Uh, I'm, I'm the only host that is uh, here for the Jeep Talk Show Roundtable, but uh, we have something better than hosts. We have, we have um, uh, Zoom people. Uh, they, they've self-named themselves as Zoom people, so it is a great thing to have. We're going to bring the Zoom people in now. Hello, Zoom people. How's it going? How's it going? Heidi ho, neighbor. Hello. <laughs> Heidi ho, neighbor. So, uh, just go through this real quick. We've got uh, Dixie Overland. We've got Jim F. We've got Bob Two Cheap Jeep Guys. Uh, we've got John L. We've got Mud uh, Mudman 08. Uh, 084. I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing that. I got too many things in front of me tonight, Josh. Uh, also known as Josh. And uh, Steve O is there. Uh, Andrew P. And uh, let's see, things are moving around. Oh, iPhone. We've got the obligatory iPhone uh, in the list. Uh, somebody hadn't changed their name yet. <laughs> we got Jeep and Mo. And uh, we've got uh, Patrick uh, from, uh, uh, what is it? We, oh, Wheel Northeast. Okay. So uh, quite a few people in there tonight. Uh, I th- is the new wearing off, folks? We don't have as many. We don't have the 20 we had last week. That's early. Nice still young. <laughs> True. So so I think it was uh, John uh, that accused me of uh, becoming a, a social media influencer today because I was doing a, a Tic Tac Live and uh, an Instagram Live. And uh, so we're actually doing uh, the uh, the TikTok live right now. Sadly, uh, I can't actually do the stream like we do to Facebook because I don't have access to do streams to TikTok yet. I can just do it from the phone. So I've got it pointed at my ugly face, and uh, we're, we're going to stream it out and see if we can get a, a, a hook a few more people into listening to the show and maybe uh, a few people that we can get in on the uh, the Zoom meeting and uh, you guys can abuse. You know, you, you know how you guys love fresh meat. <laughs> Tony, what you need to do is start twerking on TikTok, and you'll get oh. all, all the people. You know oh God, Jesus! So, would that be a, a, an offer? Uh, maybe you could send me some video, and uh, I could <laughs> I could put that in there. That would be good. I'd like that. Yeah, good yeah. Twerking, I'm out. I'm, I'm old. I'll break a hip. So you know, that's my excuse. I'll do it right along with you. <laughs> so I thought it'll go to all five of my followers. There you go. Uh, well, you don't you don't know it might blow up. Uh, you might get well. You might get followers you don't want. Uh, so <laughs> I thought we, what we do is now we talked about this a little bit last week on our Discord server uh, about uh, somebody that we ran off from the show. And and when I say we, I mean you guys, not me, because I don't run off anybody. 
So I was going to call this opening, uh, you know, generally we just have a free-for-all discussion about Jeeps and anything, uh, where, the, where the spiciest food is in the United States, etc. But I wanted to start off with this one to get your, uh, your witty uh, comebacks on this. Now, keep in mind, my, my position is, is that you don't have to listen to this show. And if you don't like it for any reason, I certainly understand. I, th- I thank you for being a listener, and uh, hopefully you'll come back in the future. So I don't mind anybody having an opinion or uh, even just taking something wrong. I mean, we lost that one uh, listener, the new listener, uh, because I, I was calling them uh, calling the listeners rat bastards because they weren't paid subscribers. So uh, it, it's it, it's it's something you have to just have to you know can't worry about. You just do the best you can. And uh, I haven't switched the uh, the audio. I mean the uh, the video for the Facebook Live viewers. Sorry about that, guys. Now we got some video up there. Anyway, uh, I wanted to start, and I'm gonna call this uh, this little segment we're gonna do in here. Damn it, Bobby, or or as people like to say, damn it, Bobby. <laughs> oh, and this is what Bobby uh, commented uh, after our last after last week's roundtable discussion. Wow, being a factory-trained service technician, I wasn't even able to listen to the entire roundtable today! Exclamation mark. Having 30 years experience, I can tell you most people have no idea the complexity of today's automotive electrical systems. Sorry, but no longer a JTS follower. And JTS means Jeep Talk Show. So, what do you guys think? Do you, do you remember who was it? Can we identify the individual that uh, talked really bad about the service technicians and and caused Bobby to no longer listen to the Jeep talk show? Versus not here tonight. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Steve. <laughs> He's in a swim beat. Yep. Well, I, I think that's good. It should be blamed on somebody that's not here to defend themselves. I think we're all in on that one. Yeah, you're right. But I think that we were also just giving. A lot of it was just experiences, right? Like when I was mentioning about the uh, the engine cover thing or whatever, it was just it was personal experiences, right? Oh, it was you. That's right. The engine cover. I forgot about that. Well, Thanks. Well, right. Let's face it. When you do good, nobody remembers. When you do bad, nobody forgets. Oh, absolutely. It's exactly the way it works. You know, uh, you're only as good as your really last bad. mistake. I don't think we were really bad mouth, and we were just talking. Yeah, like everyone was saying, just saying what we experienced going through. But that's kind of the yeah. thing. That's the way I looked at it too. So, you think this is a, a a thing that where Bobby was just being a little overly sensitive? No, I think the he, truth hurts. I think one of the things <laughs> that he he mentioned was about the complexity of a uh, electronic system. So I think what he was kind of driving at is when we were talking about maybe the length of time or or kind of you know trying to to debug the problem and get to an answer. Uh, how long it was taking or how many visits or something like that. And I think it sounded to me like what he was trying to remark to was, you know, the complexity involved with a lot of the modern systems makes it a lot tougher, right? And I'm not saying that I you know, believe that or anything. I just, I, that's kind of what I was uh, reading through uh, what he was saying there. I think it can be complex. And if you've got all the scanners and stuff that you're hooking up and reading what <clears throat> the error codes are and looking up what it means and all the things it could be, I, I would imagine that's very complex. But uh, just throwing sensors at the problem usually fixes it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, well, we've all hit, and this is the thing, is I didn't say anything negative about the text. John didn't say anything. Chris didn't say anything negative. All, most of us were complaining about administration, how they do it. My biggest complaint is I make a, a reservation two and a half weeks in advance of bringing my truck in or my Jeep in to get some work. And they're like, oh, we're not even going to look at it for two days. Like, then I'm going to bring it back in two days and you're going to look at it in two days. But, the, you know, or 
or we don't have a loaner or, you know, they're dragging their feet or, you know, they're just like Chris, Chris went on his rant about, you know, um, about the industry, the dealerships not being about fixing. That's just a byproduct of selling. You know, it's a necessary evil for them. Oh yeah. That's a good point. That's not talking negative about the, about the technicians. That's again about the administration and how dealerships and dealership shops are set up. There's absolutely no bearing on what the techs are doing. Now there are bad techs. There's a lot of bad techs in dealerships. There's a lot of unexperienced techs in dealerships, just like when my IT world, we get some kid oh, straight out of college. Absolutely. That's gotta, gotta, the computer science degree or got a master's degree in computer science and walks in and, and talks, 50, they know better than people with 30 years experience and they're like okay go ahead and try and they're like why did it work and, well, and, and 50 certifications the certifications right. the thing you get me well the alphabet soup after the name yeah ccie jncie it's kind of funny i went into my local deal for something and the service manager was training a new you know, one of the counter guys, the guy, they come in and, you know, it's a Chrysler Dodge Jeep. And I walk in there and, you know, I got my, my Jeep behind me and I said something. And the the new kid was kind of like, oh, yeah, no big deal, blah, blah. And then the service manager comes over, you know, the guy's training him says, yeah, you got to be careful with these Jeep guys looking at me. He goes, they're pretty sensitive about their equipment. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> I was like, you know what I'm looking at. You know what I'm talking about. But I think that's a good point, though, Steve, right? I mean, because the other thing that is, it was the opinions and views of people who often wrench on their own stuff, right? So yeah. they're, very, they're very aware of, of kind of what certain things take. And they like, like you said, Tony, right? You sit outside the bay and watch, right? Absolutely. You're very particular about what, what people do to it. So you're going to probably critique it a little bit more, right? There's the audience. Yeah, I'm going to keep my eye on my Jeep because, and, and this is one thing I said and always say, nobody is going to care about your vehicle as much as you do. No. And uh, and I don't care if you've got 100 years of experience. There are those rare exceptions, but most of the time, uh, it's just like, you know, it's a job. You, you do your job during the day and you go home. You don't worry about uh, somebody having an issue. Uh, with with a vehicle like you will because it's going to directly impact you or worse a family member. You're saying they should open up mechanic tipping. I think I think Is that they, what we're saying that, that provides more uh, more motivation there. I think they <laughs> should allow the customers to go in there and critique the mechanics as they're op as they're working. Ask cool. questions. Be part of the part of the process. No. <laughs> oh, God, what I'm hearing you say is we should start creating a way for mechanics to extort more money from people. <laughs> Slow them down. I make them, I'll tell you. Make them think about what they're doing. <laughs> I'll tell you what though. I I brainstorm. I would pay extra for boutique service. If someone, w if I was going to go take my vehicle into the shop and I was guaranteed to be in this time, out this time with, you know, I know that my appointment date is going to be set. The parts going to be right. A hundred percent done to the highest level of degree. I may pay extra for that, even on top of warranty work in order to have that done. I've had a visor uh, for my gladiator that broke. My driver's side visor has been on back order for two months. Thank you. Yeah, the dealership hasn't called me to say, hey, here's the update. You know, we, we don't have the visor. Every time I have to get in contact with them and pull information from them. And it gets really frustrating because I'm thinking this is the visor. You know, this isn't something like, you know, a major engine part or something like that, that, you know, could be critical to the way it drives, the safety, et cetera. So, I mean, maybe we're steering ourselves towards this idea of boutique service. Um, or, 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 or maybe they are. Maybe they're steering us towards this. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. 
Yeah, that's that's a good idea, and uh, this is this is kind of along the same lines, and and you guys will uh, laugh about this because I know everybody's had these uh, calls when you call into customer service and you speak with somebody, not not vehicle customer service, but like uh, electronics vehicle service, and and the calls go overseas, and you can't understand the person that you're talking to, and God bless them, you know they got the same book everybody else does. It's just hard to understand what they're saying. So uh, I worked briefly many many years ago uh, at HP in the the gold level support uh because they wanted uh people customers wanted people that were english speaking that could be understood and they would pay extra to talk to somebody uh, a customer support person in america it's <laughs> extra to tell them to, to uh, turn it on and turn it off yeah yeah but, but they could understand right. exactly what i was what i was saying then they get a, a good old boy texan from houston area on the call <laughs> yeah that's got a whole other bunch of problems <laughs> yeah i could go into my, my texan well you see it, it's like this what you do is you find that little power button and you turn it off you wait 10 seconds and you turn it back on and, and call me back if it's still got a problem okay well, the, the, the button's down the yonder then there's a new england accent where you don't use the r's you turn the the, the path <laughs> or or you could get someone that's creole out in the back oh no that's oh, yeah. that's not you you can't understand them i can't put the <laughs> subtitles on phones <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i wonder who we're going to insult this week i just drawn this just, just dawned on me we're going to have <laughs> well we just hit we just um, new england texas <laughs> and louisiana I was about to say it. <laughs> well, I wasn't. I wasn't making fun of Texas. I mean, I'm a Texan, and that's the way Texas. Yeah, Texans talk. And that's how they talk. I'm pretty sure you need to stop it. I wouldn't understand. Well, Travis isn't here. We can. We can. We can tee him off. Oh, I'm sure you know he'll be listening. Yeah, oh, yeah, he will. He's he's actually yelling at his phone right now because he's. God, ah, ah, damn it! I'd be there if I could. I got a job. <laughs> I'm at my event. <laughs> yeah, did anybody hear how his event went? I saw. I thought I saw Nikki G on a RTI ramp uh, that had something to do with that event. Yeah, I saw him post that. Looked like it was fun. I just wonder what he felt like the next day after or next last oh, Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, he was I, I don't know which was harder following. Did you guys talk about the GMRS or Travis at the round table? That GMRS was a lot of information. Oh, no, I'm sorry to follow it along, but then there's Travis who's going to 98, 92, 88, as he's talking about it. It was awesome. That was awesome. So uh, if if this is your first time to the uh, roundtable discussion, uh, Travis is a very colorful individual that gets in on the Zoom meetings uh, the, uh, the the self named Zoom people the, these guys only when only when drinking only when drinking I wasn't going to mention that but otherwise you, you only otherwise you success <laughs> oh it's great oh it's it's very entertaining uh, but uh, so uh, he's uh, he's not with us tonight uh, unfortunately uh, I'm not sure why he's not here maybe he'll show up here in a little bit and he can uh, uh, talk about his ears burning which is probably just alcohol he, he spilled on himself um, he won't say apparently yes he hasn't been drinking. Yeah, he, he knows he's not as much fun. So anyway, circling back, uh, I feel bad that uh, that Bob got upset. I just didn't see anything that was said that was just specifically negative, uh, certainly not negative towards Bob and not necessarily negative towards mechanics in general. I mean, uh, mechanics are like, I mean, I'm an IT person, so I'll say this. Mechanics are like IT people. They're, they're a necessary evil. Uh, you Most people would much rather... 
uh, fix their own stuff so they don't have to wait or be without. And, and, and back to what I think you were saying, uh, maybe it was you, Jimmy, that said, why the hell do you have to leave your vehicle sitting there doing nothing until they get to it whenever they say it's going to take two days before we can get to it? I'll bring it back to you when you're ready. It's a convenience thing for them. They don't want to have to wait for the vehicle. They don't want to have to wait on you. They're the ones that are more important than you are. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's yeah, well, let's face it, though. The average consumer out there, though, there's some pretty flighty people out there that aren't going to make their appointments on time, cancel at the last minute, then that's work they couldn't get done on someone else's. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, well, there should be a day out then, Steve. I mean, like every every time I have dropped off a vehicle in the last five years, it's at least a two-day way, wait for them to even do diagnostics. Okay, I, I made an appointment two weeks ago. If you want me to just drop off and wait till you figure out how to get to it, I'll make yeah. an appointment. I'll just drive by the dealership like you used to do. Yeah, no, I had that happen with my my local dealership when I first first time I took it in. They used to have, when I had my 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 XJ my WJ they did outstanding service and I hadn't paid attention, but they went to hell <laughs> and I brought it in there and I drove past the one that I had because the one I had over here was just absolutely terrible. And so they said, oh, "Yes, we ready by five. Okay, great. I get right out there. It's a forty five minute drive to get out there. Oh, it won't be ready till Monday. Excuse me." You at least call me and tell me it's not flipping ready before you make my, my you drive out of here. Hmm. So, yeah, but there's there's four of them in the area. There's only one I trust. Well, and that's a sad thing is you have to. It's trial by fire. You have to you have to try it out to see if it's going to be somebody that you can trust. And and Lord help yeah. you if it's not. Well, and the problem is around my area, most of it's ninety eight percent of the jeeps they use here are ball crawlers, right? It's it's Yuppieville. You know the area, Jim, uh, Naperville. It's just it's all yuppies, and it's all mall cars. So I go in there, and they're looking. They're like, we got a lot of mud under there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got mad because they're working on it, and mud's falling on them. So do like, you know what a mall is? Because that's where you need to be. And there's no <laughs> mud at the mall. What's wrong with you? <laughs> exactly. So there's... They, they're not used to deal with people that actually use them what they what they're worth. And it makes sense. I mean, what do you think? There's like two, three, maybe five percent of the people that actually have taken their their highly modified Jeep off road once. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't fault anybody for that. It's it's fun building a Jeep, but man, it's fun taking it and see what you can do with it once you've done some building. Yeah, but I had this I had this one deal with my '98 Cherokee. The starter went bad, a thousand miles out of warranty. So I took it in, and of course they're not going to cover it. Give me, the, I fought, and they were like, "No, no, no." When I went to go check out the cashier, she accidentally handed me the wrong paperwork. Those bastards double dipped. They charged warranty to Daimler, was Daimler at the time, and then charged me. Oh, that was a nasty phone call to them. I was pissed, <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, I refuse to go back to them. Well, of course, that's that's shady and shouldn't be done. And you, yeah. and and more importantly, you should never have known about it. That's the big, the biggest part of it. <laughs> yeah, cashier gave me the wrong paperwork. I looked at it. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, give me that. And I'm like, and now of course I, oh, I took no. it. I took out my. I, I like took five steps away from the counter, right? And I'm looking at this. I said, I want to talk to the service manager right now. <laughs> oh, he's not here. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I was pissed. Oh, that's okay. We're gonna let we're gonna let Diamond know about that. Oh yeah, oh, that's we did. a thing. Hey, yeah, that absolutely. Let them know they're being double billed. Oh, well, yeah. They're, they're, they're warranty being, fraud and insurance, potentially insurance fraud. Yeah. But my starter recovered. 
Look at you started money. We're just continuing our dealership service department. Well, I figured that was going to happen, you know. I figure figure Bobby is secretly listening or or listening to this episode once it's published. And uh, he's he's just... You got the one I go to now. It's it's forty five minutes out in the other direction, out in the country, kind of. And they, those guys, they know, and they, they do great service. That was the guy. The service manager said, "You got to be careful with these new guys. They're very particular, and yeah. they've taken care of me every time." Well, so once you establish, I, 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 once you establish a, a rapport with them, and they know what you can and you know, what you understand and what you don't understand, I think you get better service. Uh, yeah. There was a guy, a mechanic, a f- actually f- friend of the uh, the family that I would take my uh, Cherokee to, and he warned his coworkers, the not coworkers, <laughs> his the people that work for him. Tony knows how this stuff goes together. Don't try to you know uh, BS him, and and I'm sure they did BS people. I think that's a sp- uh, part of the the small mechanic thing, so that you can make a living. Uh, it's not anything he told me, but he actually warned the guys, don't don't BS Tony. He knows how this stuff works. So I, I, I'm new to this whole group, and I'm the guy that's iPhone, and I don't know how to change my username. Well, first off, but, I'm sorry, but, but welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will tell you, I have spent probably 20 years in the dealership setting, not Jeep. Uh, I was with Honda for a number of years, and I, after I left that store 10 years ago, I uh, started actually buying things that I wanted to buy, and I I have a new Gladiator sitting in the garage right in front of me. But there's 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 an interesting dynamic that that from my perspective, which was on the inside com- with this group, and that is that there's a lot of technicians that are 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 powerful, uh, and and they're very strong at what they do, and they have constraints that are either placed on them by manufacturers with warranty work or by service advisors, owners that uh, are looking to generate revenue. And I don't think that any of those things are new to, to that's not, that's not a shocking revelation to any of y'all, I'm sure. But, uh, but, but I have a number of good friends of mine who were, were powerful A-line tech Honda techs that could could fix anything and had been constrained or started to be constrained and then they went out and went independent to to actually service the customers um i made a lot of money working at dealerships but that's good and that's bad at the same time so no i get it yeah you know i think the big thing too is where you hear it a little bit more with the some of the jeep owners that most people who own Jeep are usually more hands-on. They're usually more involved with the whole process because of all the modifications. You know, they're not just driving point A to point B. Part of their hobby is all the hands-on and, and the mods. And I think that gives a, a different perspective, if you will. I mean, I think, I think we all know that a lot of times it's the, I think Steve was saying it's the, the admins or the, uh, the reps are those, and maybe not as much the actual service tech. It's all the administration around them, you know, who, who's who's doing it. Wait, Barry, are you saying that you actually know more about you than the average person? <laughs> I just lost and put up the trust on that the front well, axle today. So, <laughs> and let's face it, the one dealer I like talking to 
he brings the technicians over to talk to me. Yeah. Right. Whereas the other ones, you, you never talk to the techs. It's always their the right. their their people people person, right? With the the khakis and the they uh, really aren't good with people. <laughs> it's the Jake from State Farmers, right? With the khakis right. and uh, everything. What, what you wearing? That's, that's, that's <laughs> every time, every time I've I've had my vehicle in there doing a warranty work. Once it was in, it usually was pretty good work, but it's getting it in. Yeah. And then getting it, you know, getting through that process. By the time you get to that process, usually you're so ticked off that everybody sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I we're in. I'm in Central Iowa, and so I, I I don't even I can't even relate to scheduling an appointment and then having it come in and it's two days before they look at it. I don't even I don't even understand that concept. When I worked, I worked in the service department uh, and on the on the line, and uh, and and you scheduled for the day. So I don't I don't even understand what you guys are. And and I think one somebody was saying there in Daberville. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take uh, my worst enemy's car into anything. In <laughs> so, like, Welcome <laughs> to my world. Wow. Hey, wow. it's not any better in Dallas. I mean, like, and we're not talking, I'm not talking, when I s- said two weeks scout, that's not like a COVID thing. This is going back <laughs> since I moved to Texas. You know, if four or five years ago, you you would go in and it'd be a two-week wait, and it'd be three days for them to do a diagnostic. Like, what if my truck is dead? Like, what what if the, you know, I blew out, blew out a cam at, at 40,000 miles, I've got a factory, you know, a factory warranty for 50 on the drivetrain. And you're not going to look at it for, you know, 17 days. Give you a renegade. So, like, <laughs> in, West, in, West, in West Texas, the Ford dealerships, because all, all of our work trucks are Ford, they, uh, you drop it off and it's two to three weeks before they even look at the truck. And then once they look at it, you're looking at eight to 10 weeks before you even get your truck back. For whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, it's I because mean, when the, you've got them stockpiled with the way they have to work on Fords yeah. and get that many breaking in a row, I mean. Yeah, I mean, the backlog is crazy. So we take our trucks even to El Paso or New Mexico to get fixed versus, you know, Midland Odessa because of the backlog of of the trucks at the dealership getting being broken because they're, you know, because they're Ford, but, you know. Now. Well, my my spider gear broken on mine in the rear. It was in a dealership three weeks as having a spider gear replaced. That had to be uh, waiting for a part though, because it didn't take that long to replace yeah. a spider gear. Yeah, for the most part, it was waiting. Most of it was waiting for a part, but and, and a lot of the issues I've had on mine and mine's an eighteen. There were no parts in it. They they put all the jeeps out. But they didn't fill the supply chain. That was that was pre-COVID. Even they did a really good job of getting the, the JLs out, but did a horrible job of getting the supply chain filled up. So if something were to happen, you were SOL. But that's not just a cheap thing. That's an every dealership thing. My my oh, yeah. friend of oh, mine yeah. got got a brand new Toyota uh, minivan, not even a, like a truck or anything. Got rear-ended um, on the brand new make of that minivan but less than a month after getting it. And she had to drive around with a beat up rear end for like four or five months before they had yeah, the parts to do the body work to, to repair it. And she had to do the work through the dealership because no one else could even get parts that wasn't in the dealership. 
Oh, I see Travis. Oh, Travis is here. <laughs> oh, is, here's we got our, yeah, we got a lot more people here. It mm-hmm. uh, looks like wow. Lacey's with us as well. Mm-hmm. Howdy, gentlemen. Howdy, howdy. The spider oh. has arrived. Don't let the testosterone turn you off. Oh, I'm I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just about to make a crack. I mean, you know, Lacey's constantly in a barrel full of testosterone monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> When you get invited on a bachelor party as a norm for a female, you, you kind of get used to this kind of situation. So oh, good. I'm glad we got some uh, female uh, listenership in here or viewership uh, tonight that I wish we could get more. Uh, I don't know. We probably have to clean up our acting to, to attract more. Wow. She cusses like a trucker. What are you talking about? Well, I'm just talk- I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about some of the other ones. So, Lacey, have, have you had any issues with uh, warranty work or taking your vehicle into the, the dealership or a mechanic? Me? Oh, uh-oh. Yeah, you. Oh, <laughs> see, I, I joined because of this whole conversation, only because it wasn't warranty work or taking my Jeep in. It was when I actually bought my Jeep and I was going to the dealerships. And I was going, I had like a week to buy my Jeep when I was here. And I, I would show up with my parents. And my mom, my mom would be just barely getting out of the car. My dad would be standing next to the Jeep. I would already be under it (laughs) and look, inspecting everything. And the dealer guy would walk up and I would be under the Jeep and start talking to my dad. (laughs) He just, he didn't even notice I was there. Oh, really? Wow. And I mean, he starts talking to my dad and he's like introducing himself and he's like, so you're looking at this Jeep and he goes, no, my daughter. And he points down on the ground and the dealer guy turns around and looks at me. He's like, uh, <laughs> how you doing under there? <laughs> like, okay. And that's when they get this look of fear on their face because I'm down there looking at everything, shaking the drive line, making sure it's good, rattling things, trying to like check for West and everything. And they're looking at me like, oh shit. <laughs> this girl actually knows what she's talking about. And I get up and I pop the hood and I'm looking at everything. And the guy's like talking to me about stuff and he has no clue as what he's looking at. And when I go looking for a Jeep, I'm automatically going straight for a manual. And He's like, wait, didn't you want one of these automatics over here? And I'm like, no, I specifically came to look at this one because it's a manual. And it's just, it, and it really is. I'm, I did not want a black Jeep. I really did not want a black Jeep. But <laughs> they both. The, the three manuals in DFW at that point in time were all black. Black Jeeps are so depressing. Don't buy it. <laughs> what the hell? Is that? <laughs> I, had, I, had to, soundboard. I had to order mine. So I couldn't find any manuals anywhere that weren't, you know, postman specials, right? Like the, the stripped down, absolutely nothing in them kind of thing. And I wasn't ready to take on a Jimmy type of gut everything rebuild. 
situation. So, yeah, I had to order mine to get the manual. It was, they're hard to find. That's why mm -hmm. I was surprised when I saw Larry in the JL with the manual show up. Yeah, that was the only only one they had that was a Sport S. I had an option of one. That was it. And it was black. Well, you know, but like Lacey said, yeah, it was black. black. <laughs> you know, yep. Even in the dealerships, like I, I, the last two trucks I bought, they kept talking to me and talking about my truck. And Jim, you know, when you get to this truck home, what are you? I, I, it's not for me. My wife's buying this truck. I just happen to be here making sure you don't screw it over. That's my only point of being here. Make her happy. And they keep talking to me and keep referring to me. Like, dude, I'm just here to stop when you get out of line. That's it. If you yeah. don't make her happy right now, we're leaving. And they couldn't they couldn't get in their heads. Like the dealerships, when they're talking about it, anything with four by four or a truck, they can't get it out of their heads that a woman might want that. Or, you know, that they you know, when there's a husband there or, or a boyfriend or a father or whatever, and that's who they need to talk to. Like stop talking to me. She huh. chose this. How long ago she was that? How long ago was that, Jimmy? Um Recently. Four years ago and a year and a half ago. Oh, really? A year and a half ago? You would think with all this uh, uh, Me, Me Too movement and uh, all that stuff that that would get cleaned up a bit. Uh, that's that's interesting. I didn't realize it was still going on. Yeah, it's, it's not an intentional thing. It's it's a it's an it's a accidental or or just like habitual Habit. thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you it's not even that. I mean, I mean. I, I absolutely push back on the whole notion of implicit bias. But when you talk about somebody who's worked at a dealership, I've spent enough time there that this whole thing is just ridiculous. When, at the Honda dealership I worked at, and I was there for a, no, a long time, we knew that over 50% of our buyers were female. And, and it was it was very interesting. Our whole crew, it was predominantly male, a couple females in the sales team when I was the sales manager. And, and, and there was, we never had any of those conversations. We never had any of those problems of this person's not uh, understanding what my wife wants or doesn't want. But as you, as you evolve into the domestic market, that dynamic shifts significantly and there's a lot of struggles there, and I don't understand it. I, I just don't understand it. Um, the, the market evolved significantly, and and uh, and I'm very proud to say that the team that I worked with for all those years understood that. And 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 honestly, it wasn't about understanding. It was just didn't give a shit. It's whoever wants to buy the vehicle. Let's let's do this thing right. And it's it's very frustrating to hear those things because it's just perpetuating this problem that 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 just doesn't need to exist anymore it's very frustrating oh it's just like when my wife took the truck in for service and came home with an estimate saying five hundred dollars for diff fluid whoa <laughs> oh my god five from a dealership five hundred dollars for diff fluid it has a drain plug That's insane. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, I had a Honda dealership try to sell my wife on a twelve hundred dollar rack service because the one of the boots were wet. Uh, I pointed to the the service manager and said, "Hey, um, see that giant puddle right at the base of your uh, entrance to your uh, driveway there? That's where that water's coming from." And they're like, "Oh no, no, the rack is leaking." I'm like, "Well, 
just do the oil change like we brought it in for. I'll pay for that. Brought it home, dried it up, checked it a week later, dry as a bone. Fluid, exactly where I left it. So, I mean, they were just so quick to, because my wife brought it in, yep. diagnose $1,200 rack for, well, for, for nothing. I'll yep. tell you that it's not just uh, the dealerships either, right? So when I uh, when I took my Jeep in, the only time I take it to the shop now is uh, inspections because you have to have inspections done each year. And I take it, there's a Firestone up here and you know I'll take it up there to have them do it. And they'll come out and they'll say, yeah, but you know, we, we need to do a radiator flush, a diff service. And I'm like, I've already done that. So I know they didn't check it, right? They just got some scheduled maintenance calendar, you know, that they're, they're going through and they're recommending all this stuff now. And they may check a few of those things. I'm not saying they don't, right? But just my, again, it's personal experience. I don't want to piss anybody off that works at Firestone there. But, you know, it's it's just when you go in there, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, upsell pressure. And that's not just a dealership thing, right? That I think you see that in any Well, any well they, they're going to make a living. The shop has to stay open. Uh, right. I just don't like the way they, they go about it. Well, and, and the thing is, is, is it's very obviously that it's because it's a female. Because what my wife does now is when she takes it in for anything, she immediately, when I say, well, you need to, she says, you need to call my husband. And if he approves it, you can do the work. And all of a sudden, I never receive a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like, had a friend that went through this. Problem. That just perpetuates the problem. She should say, no, I'm smarter than that. Don't do that shit. I'm not doing that. Well, the truth is, she doesn't know about oh, me. Right. She doesn't know the parts or, or that place, you know? That's that's the hard part. Is she, she knows she doesn't know it, but she knows she has someone. So, like, you know, if, if you've got a female friend, like, if you could have them call Lace, have a female call, you know, say, here's my friend Lacey. If you call her, she knows my Jeep. Talk to her. If she says it's okay, you can do that work. It's not yeah. about that. It's about, you know, I know I don't know it, and you're coming at me with these huge bills because you, you're assuming I don't know about this vehicle. Right. No, fair. They, they probably wouldn't call Lacey either, right? And I, as soon as you say call so and so, you know the assumption is is that you're talking about calling somebody that knows what they're talking about, and they're like, "All right, yeah, it's, it's it's not worth that that hassle to try to get this upsell at that point." So I'm just going to back off. Now my friend Tina just went through the exact same thing at some lube shop. She went in to get uh, her inspection done, and they told her that they would not inspect her vehicle unless they did a radiator flush and a transmission <laughs> oh, flush. Oh, Armed robbery, man. So she got a $500 inspection. You guys have to have your vehicles inspected every year? Yeah. Every year. In Texas, every, yeah. I, actually, I don't do every year. Neither one of those things are on the inspection. Alabama, unless, you you don't. Have an, unless you have an error code, There's no. that's not part of the inspection in Texas. Mm -hmm. like, I have a cracked windshield, and it's not part of the inspection. Oh, you don't have, you have, have a windshield. Have like, Isn't this a red state? Well, but it's not, <laughs> I will tell you this, when it comes to the safety inspection part, I've lived, when I was stationed in Arkansas, they didn't have inspections. And I can tell you, I, at no joke, saw one of those Chrysler minivans with like a regular household light bulb thing in the headlights with like a screw-in 60-watt <laughs> bulb and a chain that went up to the window, right? So there's, there's some safety components to make sure that guy either shouldn't be on the roads or whatever, right? So, and, yeah. and so a safety inspection is one thing, right? Uh, and, and if you don't, you don't only if you live in certain counties do you have to have emissions checks and everything else. Right. Most of the time, it's just a safety inspection. And um, and, and you got to keep in uh, mind that if if you don't have to go get your vehicle inspected every year, that means the safety inspections move out to the the roads, the highways by the Texas Department of Public Safety, the other 
other, and that's a whole other re- revenue generator. So you can pay $25 a year to get your, your vehicle inspected. I think that's what it is. Uh, or you can pay whatever the ticket is that they, they write you and no telling what they add. Talk about add-ons. Cops can really do add-ons. Oh, wow. Here, here's the, here's the so deal. A lot of, the vehicle is only good for the five minutes it's in that station getting checked. That's you right. Know, how, many, how many vehicles do you see driving around in Texas with bent frames and bald tires? <laughs> I, as a freaking firefighter, I Texas work so many flare. accidents. I work so many accidents. Right after it rains, people sliding off the road. Every single one of them have bald tires. The DPS, yes, they have the ability to do these things, but none of them are going to do that. They're not going to pull people over for vehicles that don't pass in in uh, inspection unless it's grossly obvious to them that something's wrong with that car. But if they pull you over for speeding and you got bald tires and uh, half your seat belts are cut out, and, and they're never going to do anything about that because it, it's not a it's not a money generator fix it ticket for one they'll headlight. They'll pull you over for window tint. Well, it'd be really funny though if your headlight got pulled over for your headlight being out, and then you got out and you just kind of twisted it a little bit into the socket and it came on. Hold Thanks, on, officer. Let me, this, let me pull this chain <laughs> that I had hooked up to the light bulb. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Headlight's> on. <laughs> any better than 20 seconds after you take it either where in utah they did with the inspections two years ago and our wrecks have gone up a lot by the ball tires broken tie rods stuff that the expected stations would catch and force you to fix let's see you know i i don't like i don't like inspections i don't like them at all and in in fact i'd rather they went to like two years and the people doing the inspections uh, here in Texas, anyway, they don't they don't like necessarily doing them because they don't make any money off of it. It's it's next to nothing what the state charges uh, for you it's to get an inspection. It's all for federal grant here. money. That's what it is. Yeah, around here, there's a lot of places that are open that that's all they do. It's just an well, I guess if you I guess if you do enough of it, you can make some money. Or you sell so the, in, the the repair work after the fact. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that would be the thing too. But the the stations are allowed to charge within a window. There's a there's a low fee and there's a high fee, and you uh, the stations are allowed to charge in that fee win, in that fee window, if, whether or not you're in an emissions county or not. And I think the high end for the non emissions county is like twelve and a half dollars, and the bottom end seven or seven and a half dollars. So the stations can charge anywhere in that window. And I don't know how much it costs or how much of that money goes to the state and how much of that stays in their pockets, if any. But don't they I'm, don't they split it? Don't they don't you pay like half of it when you get the inspection and the other half comes in your registration? Yeah, there's a so it, it used to be like fourteen bucks and then the like the state takes seven dollars and you pay seven dollars to the to the station. But I don't know if they like pay money out of pocket for the sticker or for the paperwork the paperwork, the computers, all that crap they gotta use because it's all entered electronically now. Even in yeah. even in a non emissions county, it's still entered electronically. Yep, no more stickers. That, I did like when I went over the stickers. One, one of the interesting things I kind of realized, because when I moved down here, I found out about the inspection. I moved to Texas, and I found out about the inspections. I was like, we mean I have to have an inspection every year. I thought I moved to a red state. Like, I, you know, I'm from, from Illinois. Well, you know what? Stuff doesn't break in Texas like it does in Illinois because it doesn't rust out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, there's there's been discussions about doing away with the state inspections, so it it may still happen. I think they've been focusing on uh, 
uh, freeing up uh, uh, gun, uh, <laughs> freeing up gun legislation uh, more so than uh, worrying about the uh, the inspections. But I'd much rather have those discussions than like what we read on the article about California banning lawnmowers, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gas power, gas, gas lawnmowers. It's, the all, electric it's ones all perspective. <laughs> You're gonna be well, in California. Everything causes cancer, so you know lawnmowers are to the blame. Exactly. Well, they're going to bank grass. Even with the annual fee, you go ahead and put the registration fee and the annual fee that we or, or this inspection fee we pay every year in Texas, and it's half of what I paid in Illinois. Less than half. And I've got personalized plates down here. And I'm still yeah, paying okay. less than half with the inspection annually. Then I get, <laughs> I, I can get free plates if I uh, go and do the, the disabled vet plates or whatever like that. So those you can actually get totally free uh, in the state. You don't even have to get disabled vet plates. You can just get regular plates that say Marine Corps, Army, or whatever. They don't yeah, yeah. get disabled vet. It's as long as you have what a DD two thirteen, two fourteen, whatever. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can do amateur radio call sign license plates for a dollar. Yeah, everybody really. Those everybody's got to. You see those all over the place, like especially the plates up here are arm and leg. Man, ham, uh, ham radio operators. It's like I think it's a requirement. Once you get your license, you have to go get a custom plate. No, 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 no. What's no, the registration no. in Illinois up to annually? <laughs> oh, Jesus, I don't know. That's why I have a secretary. Like two hundred and fifty, three hundred dollars now? <laughs> don't let your wife listen to the podcast. Yeah, the, <laughs> you're going to pay for that one. The Texas custom plates are <laughs> hey, really expensive. You know what? When I was single, direct deposit was the greatest thing on this earth. Now that I'm married, <laughs> I don't give a dime my money because he knows exactly where everything is and how much I spent. I used to have to bezel to buy birthday gifts, right? I go to the gas station, I get $5 cash <laughs> back each time so I can put it to the side to buy her gifts. Otherwise, she knew where I was spending it, what I was spending. It's <laughs> wow. so simple. You open up an account, the deposit goes there, and it automatically transfers the amount that you want to go into the account that she sees. This is this yeah. is, this is is the 21st century, man. <laughs> it's the, the best way You always got to have your slow. money. It's not embezzlement <laughs> if it's your money. <laughs> our money yeah but no it's it's up there jim it's it's north of i think 150 but i've got i've got college plates on mine so i'm paying more to begin with no it's her money yeah you, but yeah whatever uh whatever she lets you take oh, i will say though that the um the worst one i had was actually in arkansas when we were there um if you registered there so i got to keep my texas plates because it's your residency when you're in the military, you get to keep your home record residency or whatever. But my wife had Arkansas, but you have to pay personal property tax on top of registration fees there, and, you know, each year. Or, and it's not cheap. I mean, it's several hundred bucks if you have a brand new vehicle. That's how Missouri is. Yeah. Is it? it yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah. On like yeah, I'll, I'll, and stuff like that too? Yeah, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, we have to pay. So I just looked it up. It's $151 for a regular vehicle, 158 for a vanity for a vanity plate so yeah i'll i'll, I'll pay over a thousand dollars of personal property taxes and then uh pay my sixty dollars for my plates every other years and do all the inspections so we get wow. a little bit of all of it oh yeah see That's in alabama we uh we have that valorum tax so you pay on it's the personal property tax you pay on a vehicle but if the vehicle's older than 10 years old i think the avalorum is exempted so you're only paying the actual tag price which is like 25 dollars to register for the year 
Uh, no, our big, our big thing is admissions up here. Everyone has to test every five years. Yep. Well, wow. you, you, in Missouri, you don't you wouldn't have to if it's over twenty five. Then you can apply for uh, antique plates. Jimmy muted. Mm -hmm. But there's only certain times when you can. I mean, you, that's not supposed to be your full time vehicle. Mm. Oh, emissions only only affects uh, is only in, in Illinois is only in Chicago and the Collar counties. If you move outside the Collar counties, there's no emissions in Illinois. There's nothing. My father moved from from the suburbs, you know, where where we where I grew up, to Central Illinois fair? when he retired, and literally he got the renewal notice. So he looked up emission stations and he's like called the DMP and he was like, uh, "Why are there no emission stations?" And I'm not driving three hours to go ahead and get get my emissions checked. And they're like, "Wait, you moved?" He's like, "Yeah. Well, what's your new address?" Oh, okay. We'll just update it in the system then, and they won't have yeah. emissions. Really? Yes. Yeah, so that that happened. Well, that happened to my daughter. See, in the area of Missouri I live in, you got to do admissions. Well, when she moves south to go to college, well, there's no admissions in that county. Well, there's also no, there's no one that can check it there either. But since a car is actually registered in the area I live in, she had to drive up and and get the admissions done so she could get her plates. Hmm. We need to get rid of the. Uh, I was going to say FDA. Uh, who's the who's the the EPA? EPA. Yeah, we need to get rid of the EPA. So, see, that's why I have my vehicle registered through my parents' house, so I don't have to do the the meal the emissions. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, uh, the antique plate thing in Texas, we can get them on vehicles more than twenty five years old. See that, FMG. It's like it's like uh, sixty dollars for five years or something like that. In Alabama, where my dad lives, he was able to register my 48 CJ2A for $24 for a lifetime plate. It never has to be renewed. Yep. It's wow. Good for, it's good forever. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, something about antique vehicles uh, here in Texas, and, and I will maybe uh, will possibly uh, be able to take uh, uh, advantage of that within the next year or two on my Cherokee because it – it's 24, 25 years old uh, now, 98. So, uh, yeah, yeah but it's really weird in Illinois. The law is you can put an antique plate, you can antique plate it, but then you can only use it for like shows and stuff. There's a guy I know he's got a CJ5 with antique plates. He went off roading, he was driving around muddy coming back, and he got ticketed. Yeah, so there's really similar rules for that. But the, that CJ2 is not something I'm going to drive every day. But yeah. it, you got to be like on your way to or from a club event, on your way to or from a parade. Oh, screw that. Or a car show or something. Exactly. Like See, I evidence? keep thinking about doing that with my wagon here, but I just can't. I can't bring myself to restrain myself to that. Right. Like, if I want to take my family out for dinner in the wagon here, I want to go hop in the wagon here and take them out to dinner. You know, I, I don't, yeah, I don't understand what's for the point. Maintenance it, reasons. You could yeah. say you're yeah. taking it out and running it for maintenance by taking the family to dinner. Uh, I do know a couple of people that run antique ve antique plates on their vehicles, and they drive them quite a bit. And it's not something they've ever been ticketed for. Well, it's it's the one cop that knows all the the rules. Most of them probably don't even pay attention to that, or even know what the rules are. Or if they pull right. you over, they just want to have a close look at your antique vehicle. That's true. That's why you're always nice when they pull you over, right? Oh, absolutely. You should be anyway. It's it's not <laughs> that uh, there's no reason not to be nice. Agreed. Do you know to start with? I'm going to call my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who I am? I'm, you should hold yeah. the phone in the face as you open the window. Oh, no, 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 
I pay your salary. I'm the host of the Jeep uh, Talk Show. Oh, that's there you go. There you go. That's that's the one. <laughs> Don't I get a free pass? <laughs> See, this is why this is why you guys need to get big Jeep Talk Show stickers on all your Jeeps because whenever okay. the cop came up to me, he said, "So Jeep Talk Show, what is that? Some sort of like a radio show?" I said, "How did you know about the Jeep Talk Show?" And he kind of backs up and looks at the big sticker and goes, "I wonder." <laughs> I got that's no funny. ticket. Got no ticket for it, so that's good. I got mine on my cooler, right next to the uh, Jeeping Mo. Although Jimmy uh, LJ put one of those little magnet things on the Jeep, but he didn't clean the dust off behind before he put it on. So that sucker is somewhere on the road between here and Hidden Falls, I guess, because it went <laughs> flying off. I got back and I saw the outline of where he put it, but it, <laughs> there was no magnet. Stuck you in the forehead of a motorcyclist. Yes, actually, I don't. I don't think. I think that was that was collateral because I that's that that magnet started on Lacey's Jeep, and then I think it moved to Andrew's Jeep, and then I think it moved from there to yours, or it went somewhere else before it went to you. I don't know. Well, now it's on uh, fourteen thirty-one magnet. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hard being a princess magnet. Yeah, Yeah, it ended up on my Jeep at one point. Uh, well, it's somewhere on fourteen thirty one now, so I <laughs> don't know where, but it's it's somewhere on the highway. So I want to quickly throw a bone to all the uh, vehicle mechanics out there. Uh, we know you can't do exactly the the job you want to do unless you have your own shop, and even then, the finances probably preclude you from doing things the way you want to do them. But uh, thank you for putting your your time and effort into uh, working on vehicles. And any of us that, that have worked with uh, non-technical people with uh, technical things like IT certainly understand the, the, the apparent stupidity of, uh, of, the, of the users. And that's one of the reasons why they need us. So I'm more than fine with uh, being one of those stupid users that you guys, you mechanics, complain about. But I, it's still my vehicle, and I'm still gonna take, taking personal responsibility for it. And I personally would rather work on it than have somebody else work on it. Uh, I, I don't I don't mean to say anything negative about the mechanics out there. I'm sure you work hard. I'm sure you're worth the money that you that you make. It's just from my personal perspective, it's it's something I don't feel comfortable with not knowing how it works myself. Uh, and I I, I, I I will not know it as, as in-depth as you do because you deal with it every day and uh, so many of them. But I, uh, I feel comfortable with the, G- the Jeeps or Jeeps that I work on. And uh, really, that's all that matters is uh, there's going to be people that never understand their vehicle well enough to feel comfortable working on it. Or they don't want to spend hundreds or even thousands of dollars on tools so they can work on it. Or, or, or even have the space to do the work. So there's always going to be a situation where people are going to be uh, needed to work on the vehicles. But one thing I can't stand is this, uh, this move, and it, even Apple was doing this, to keep people from working on their own stuff. They don't actually... Right to repair. Yeah, right, right to, repair. to repair. They don't actually own their own stuff. And to me, that is some socialist bullshit that I don't want to have anything to do with. And you know, actually, Tony, you want to talk about right to repair? Do you know where that started? That whole whole movement against it started. John Deere. Farmers. John Deere. John Deere. Oh John yeah, Deere. I did see about that. And That's right. You want to hear the craziest thing? Is you know who showed up to court right off the bat with John Deere? Apple. Yep. Could you imagine having Apple's lawyers walk into your courtroom because John Deere is fighting against a, a group of farmers? 
weird collab. Well, it sets a, a precedence. If you can force John Deere to let you work on your own stuff, then now you have to, Apple now has to fight court battles to allow you to work on your own phone. Right. Well, I'm just I'm just loving how the European Union wants to standardize USB-C. <laughs> and Apple's having a hissy fit. I'm down for that. Man, you want to see me try and find a new, a new vehicle brand and, and give up on being a loyal loyal to, to newer Jeeps? Jeep can go ahead and do what John Deere did and make it so that you have to register some specialized software equipment. Each part as you replace it. So you want to replace an alternator? Go ahead and buy the new alternator, install it, and then take it to the dealership because it won't work until you register it with the computer through their specialized software. Right. Uh, Apple, is, Apple, Apple is doing that currently. If you guys I bet aren't, you that's how Tesla is. Oh, yeah, but they're 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 always going to tell you they don't have enough moving parts for you to work on anyway. Mm-hmm. We'll still go around mm-hmm. and around, my friend. Well, it's all it's all software, right? Yeah. Well, the part visor falls off. Is still part twenty two A and <laughs> plugs into plug forty five B. That's all there is to it. I don't care oh, electric. Mechanical, if it plugs in, it should should work. If, if it's an authentic part, sure. All I know is the mo- the mantra for software developers is fail fast, right? So they can get it fixed fast. So fail fast is not good on a vehicle. <laughs> so <laughs> I would prefer not to not to have that uh not to have that model. That's uh that's called uh, SpaceX rapid prototyping. Fail fast. Yeah. yeah that's a your electronics like, like everyone's got to be scared of, of Stellantis. I mean, like we're letting Renault essentially take over Jeep with it being purchased yet again. And every time it changes, I just keep waiting for that IFS Jeep Wrangler to come out. Yep, I agree. Yeah, they already did it to everything else in the in, in the group. I mean, if you can't buy a Cherokee Pasto one, you can't buy a Grand Cherokee Pasto four. Can't buy. Yeah. You know. Well, I'm glad I've already got a Jeep. So until right. they until they outlaw it, I don't have to worry about this. Well, and the great thing is, is that uh, you, the, uh, they probably can't, they probably won't be able to retroactive anything. So you should be able to have that Jeep from now on, just as long as you can get parts for it, and and you know you won't have to have it uh, serial numbers or anything matching for it to work, because uh, it's uh, it's a simple machine. It's not going to be, uh, and, and and frankly, uh, with the right equipment, you can. Uh, uh, change the all the stuff in in there anyway so there's always going to be some aftermarket black market even they'll would allow you to um, uh, activate the uh the parts I'm, I'm sure they they either they have one for apple parts now or uh somebody's working on it well i mean out in california they're blocking it right are they blocking the ecms like you can't have any of them that's been tampered with at all vehicle or anything like that that's yeah, what that's california that's real simple. Yeah. Don't live in California. That's, good. That's why I left. And there's a lot of people doing <laughs> just that. So it, yeah, it's some, it wouldn't be the first vehicle ever been bought, been bought just for the sheet metal, and everything else gets ripped out. Oh, that's true. The VIN number, right? That's what you're buying it for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it still bothers me. California is getting to be a place where you can't. Uh, make a vehicle your own. You can't modify it extensively. And, and I may be wrong about this, but to me, it seems like that's where that all began, the uh, heavy modification of vehicles. Uh, and, and I think it was probably in the East as well. But, uh, you know, you think of uh, fast cars and uh, all kinds of uh, interesting things done to vehicles. It, you think about California. 
Well, the aftermarket. Well, let's just go down the aftermarket. Oh yeah, aftermarket like, certainly. Yeah. Like like Evo, California, Diatrack, California. Like I, I did know. my build, and damn near all my parts came out of California. <laughs> yep, all all my metal cloak stuff is out of uh, what Sacramento is where they're out of. So. It, it's a pretty place, but I can't see how companies can afford to stay there anymore. A lot of them aren't, right? A lot of them are moving. At least the tech companies are. I mean, the, the, the amount of them moving here are unbelievable. Well, you know that uh, SpaceX, uh, Elon uh, uh, just uh, mentioned the, the other day, uh, Tesla share, shareholders meeting that uh, uh, the corporate headquarters is moving to Austin. Yep. Oh, well, we know that. That's been big news around here. Yeah, right? I bet. But, um, but he's, they're still keeping the factories over there, but... Yeah, I just thought it was funny because I originally heard he moved here to make the Cybertruck, but I have not met one person in this area who desires to buy the Cybertruck. It's like as soon as they saw it, they were like, nope. I think that, and I've mentioned this before, I think the Cybertruck will be a lot more interesting to people as soon as you see one driving around on Mars. That's going to be a, a huge thing. Uh, that's where it looks like it belongs. It yeah, yeah, exactly. And, of course, it's going to be driven by those uh, Tesla robots that, the, that they announced the other day. Like a modern DeLorean. So the thing, yeah, the thing that I'm really excited about, we're finally getting into the 21st century here. It only took 21 years. You still want your, you still want your justice card, don't you? I do. <laughs> the make our voting boring. How no, it's like lockers. It's like having lockers. You don't if you don't want to use them because you want to be a little more difficult. You just leave the lockers off, and if you uh, if you don't want to make it easy just to hover out of there, you don't turn the hover on. You just kind of crawl through it. So you, you want like the DeLorean from Back to the Future Two, is what you're telling me. The flying one. Yeah. Fusion um, generator. I want a Mister Fusion. I want a vehicle that uh, has enough power where I don't have to put any. Uh, <laughs> any fuel in it, it runs for five years and has enough power where I can just uh, fly it to outer space if I want to. Uh, I mean, you know, one atmosphere is, atmospheric pressure is pretty easy to handle in a, in, in a vehicle. The radiation will get you, but that's, uh, that's, that's another thing. Yes, it's about 350 about the, here. We're talking about the lockers. What was that? Uh, the video that Larry published on YouTube. Right? It was, I'm ready for the easy button. Yeah. <laughs> he's going up that hill he's like i've learned a lot wheeling with open discs but i'm ready for the easy oh uh, screw that punch yeah <laughs> guilty it does make life easier oh yeah well i just love it because i was at a offering uh two weeks ago and everybody's going up this hill and they're all gunning and gunning it. there's a guy at the top of the hill spot and he's like gun it and i'm like i just crawling up he's like show off <laughs> <laughs> it's straight. I got them. Might as well use them. Oh yeah, it's, it, that's the thing that gets me is that uh, people talk about no lockers make it too easy. That's fine. I don't have to use them, but having that tool available to me uh, when I can't go go forward or just just feel like using it, that's to me. I love well, yeah, it. It's this more yeah. mechanical stuff that you could put on there. You're not abusing. The, you're not abusing the engine as much, right? You're not exactly. revving it up. Yeah. So. Let uh, let the machine do the work. I mean, otherwise we would just be uh, hiking in, on these trails, right? If it's if it's also if they're saying it's too easy, just hit a harder trail. Yep, and that's that's the Take thing. Take a harder line. Take a harder line or whatever. Yeah, although if one's available. I tend to forget I have them. Uh, you have air lockers though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Until when you're going up, what was that full run? You could hear the compressor going or whatever. Yeah, the compressor was on, but it was like I 
I think Bull Run, I did use the lockers um, a couple of times, but like the rest of the day, I just totally forgot I even had them. So, my problem is that electronic uh, sway bar disconnect. I went from one trail, I got off the trail, well, went on a gravel road to drive over to the next trail. Well, I dropped it back into too low, into, you know, regular too high. And I well, I want to say thank you to everybody that uh, joined us on uh, Facebook Live and uh, here on the uh, the Tic Tac. Uh, <laughs> so uh, one of the first lives uh, that we're uh, we're doing uh, here on uh, TikTok. Uh, hopefully, we'll be doing more in the future. If you'd like to see uh, the 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 live broadcast from a little bit better, I, guess, I think better angle, uh, where you can see the uh, the people talking without it being here uh, done so clumsily on the on a phone. Uh, just go to facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show and uh, subscribe to our page. And then you can see the live videos there. Now, we uh, we have these Zoom meetings on Tuesdays uh, at 8 p.m. Central Time. And uh, on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central Time, the uh, the roundtable is just a discussion with all the uh, the Zoom folks uh, for, for an hour and about an hour. And um, on Thursday, that's when we record our, our regular Jeep Talk Show episodes. And uh, we bring our uh, Zoom people in for our campfire side chat, our virtual campfire. And uh, we ask a question of the group, and then we uh, jump through the, the folks that are uh, in the Zoom room and uh, get their opinions on, on various things, uh, Jeep-related usually. So uh, if you'd like to be a part of that or just like to uh, listen, watch the show as we record it, you can. Now, of course, you, you can. this is an audio uh, podcast, which you can listen on many avenues. You know, if you know anything about podcasting and you know about the areas, uh, uh, the sites you can go to to listen, Apple Play, Google Play, uh, there's various uh, apps that you can get to listen to podcasts. All those things you can use to listen to the Jeep Talk Show. We've been doing this for 10 years and uh, we have over 500 episodes, so uh, you don't just have to listen to the current episode. You can go back uh, <laughs> for a lot of episodes and spend a lot of time uh, listening to a lot of good Jeep content. So anyway, you guys have a great night. Uh, you can actually, if you came in late on this or uh, you, uh, uh, it's a little hard to watch such a long show on TikTok, I certainly understand. You can uh, listen to this show uh, tomorrow. We'll be publishing this on uh, Wednesday, what is it, October the 13th, and uh, it'll probably be out sometime in the morning on uh, on Wednesday. We have uh, three episodes a week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Anyway, you guys have a great night, and thank you very much for joining us. Podcasting since 2010.